0: Two,
1: three. Welcome back to episode. Actually, I have no idea what episode this is gonna be because we're just doing a bunch of podcasts. We're recording. I'm at a friend's house right now. This is his holy mess, Father Paul Hulis, and I'm here with a bunch of friends. Victor DeSanzo. I realize I know everybody's first name, but not all their last names. Jess, what is your last name, Jessica?
0: Wingate.
1: Jessica Wingate. Benjamin. Ben. Kirby. Ben Kirby and Nati Perez. (laughs) Nati! Uh, You know, and every single person I'm here right now is a former Harder's Nails missionary. Is that correct? Yes. All right. So very interesting. So this is, uh, and we're going to be talking about uh, being young adults, we're going to be talking about, um, uh, discerning marriage, dating as a devout Catholic, um, engagement as a devout Catholic and, and your future marriage. So this is a very hard as nails marriage, uh, thing going on right here. Uh, you know, there's some events that say, you know, like a, a very so-and-so Christmas. This is a very hard as nails wedding episode. Uh, No, unofficially, though, I get no proceeds and none will be given to Hard as Nails whatsoever. So um, did you hear that, Justin? This is my podcast. Thank you. Um, But also, we also have some amazing great news. And this just goes to show the great fruit that comes from uh, the missionary program of Hard as Nails Ministry of very nice young men and women uh, meeting and dating and being engaged and, and devout Catholics, and not only are have the two of you couples uh, gotten engaged, but we're also heard about the engagements of uh, some of your friends today who are also with hard as nails, two different couples. Uh, shall they remain nameless, or could we give them a congratulations right now?
2: I think you can give them a congratulations. All right, so
1: why don't we congratulate Joe Kane and Angela? Fuchs. Angela Fuchs on their engagement. Congratulations. And you want to give a shout out, Ben, to the other couple that just got engaged?
3: Brandy Copeland and Dylan.
1: All right. Great. Awesome. I, I got the headphones on here. So uh, this is a mess, people. It's a truly holy mess. But listen, you guys, uh, we've arranged this about, I don't know, about like a month and a half ago now. Here we are. We're having dinner uh, or we just had dinner. It was absolutely delicious. Chicken parm and uh, penny vodka sauce. What was that dessert that we just had?
0: It's a chocolate pudding. Really? Mhm. Because it was there white. was something about it? Yeah. <laughs> was it white
1: was it white chocolate?
0: It's a pudding pie basically.
1: Was it Oh, pudding pie. Mhm. Oh, okay, very nice. Um it was neither white nor black. It was race neutral. But anyway, so <clears throat> Um, so before we get into this specific episode and this uh, specific uh, topic here I just want to to make sure that you have all been listening to my podcast I just want to ask you very briefly about the names and the topics of every single one of my episodes just so I know that you've been watching I'm just kidding I wouldn't do that to you at all uh, but we, we we talked about this last time, and I haven't done an episode yet on uh, on dating, Catholic dating, Catholic engagement, Catholic marriage in any way, shape, or form. And we had such a great time together a couple months ago when we were uh, here together, and um, and we've talked a couple times since then. And you all agreed to to do a a podcast about this because maybe it could give some hope to couples out there that are also discerning uh, dating, uh, engaged, and. Um, you know, you asked for some talking points and about a, about a month ago, you asked me for them and I still haven't given them to you. So I guess we'll just wing it right now. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. So first and foremost, where should we get started here? Uh, Victor and Jess, how long have you been dating now?
2: We've been dating two years, but before that, um, we were friends for about eight years.
1: How long? Eight years. No, no, no. Two years.
2: Two years dating. Okay. And then we were friends for eight years and, before that. And where did you meet? We met at Hard as Nails.
1: You met as Hard as Nails. So for those of you that don't know what that is, what is Heart as Nails? What is the missionary program? And how did you meet?
0: To describe the ministry, is what you're asking?
1: Yeah, like where did you come from? Because not everybody's gonna know what Heart as Nails is.
0: Yeah, so Hard as Nails is a ministry that travels across the country and evangelizes youth and young adults primarily. Um, but they also have parish missions as well.
1: And they have a missionary program, though, that's like kind of like a living in residence, right?
0: Yes, correct. So every missionary signs on to do a year. Okay.
1: Uh, how many years did you do?
0: I did a full year. Where are you
1: from, by the way?
0: Um, Originally Southern Illinois.
1: Southern Illinois. How was that? Was that uh, like nice hometown, country land growing up?
0: Yeah, did pretty you're... much. It was very rural.
1: Very rural. Did you yeah. have like good pie growing up?
0: Uh, I mean, my mom was a good cook, but pie wasn't like the thing to do.
1: No, all right, I just wasn't because yeah. you cooked pie tonight. And I just didn't know if you had like, That's you, you, you like blue cobbler, peach, apple. <laughs> so when I hear Illinois, I think of pie. I don't know why, but I do.
0: Interesting.
1: <clears throat> yeah, it is. And, um, what made you want to become a heart as missionary?
0: Um, I had an like a conversion experience when I was 16. And that was because of the ministry. So because of that, I knew at that point I wanted to be a missionary. And I approached Justin, who's the director of that ministry. And he told me I wasn't old enough yet. And so I just kind of stayed in the know-how until I put in my application. And then when I turned 18, I, I became a missionary.
1: So you went in right away at 18 years old? Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
0: I graduated from high school and left.
1: Or were you one of the youngest or is that very common that people go right after high school?
0: I think that's pretty common now. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Right. I would say it's more common, yeah.
1: Is it? Did you go in also? No, you didn't go in at 18,
3: Ben, I, did you? I went I went in after college. After so college. So I was 22 when I went in. But and and, where but, are you from? I'm from Maryland. Okay. Originally, but now I'm a Jersey boy, so.
1: How'd you hear about Hard as Nails? Uh,
3: I went to Catholic family land in Ohio, um, which is a summer kind of family camp. Um, went in high school, encountered the the ministry, um, and then had a little bit of conversion after college, um, and then applied to be a missionary. And here I am. What in the world is Catholic family land? Because you know, when you
1: hear that, I think of Disneyland. So,
3: so, so it's interesting. Uh, describing hard as nails isn't always the easiest thing just because it's there's so many levels to it. Catholic family lands, even harder to describe. <laughs> it's. It is exactly that. It's just a giant land in the middle of Ohio. Um, They're week-long kind of... uh, I wouldn't say camping. You're in, like, cabins with your family, but there's different, like, things that age groups do throughout the day. Then you have free time. There's tons of activities you can do. You can go play sports. You can join in on the volleyball tournaments. You can, you know, whatever it is. And and then at night... Um, there's different programs that you do as well. Um, so when I went in high school, we had the high school program, and there were just d- different events, activities, and talks that we went to at night.
1: Now, like Disneyland, is there anybody that's like uh, a Catholic family land, totally, completely in costume, but you're like dressed as like Catholic saints or maybe like the Blessed Mother or Jesus Christ himself?
3: No, but there was certainly a, a mix of, of of people there from different different places. So me being an East Coast guy, like everybody – so you the were East the character. Coast? No, no. I was normal. And then I see these people from Southern Illinois come over to Catholic Family like they're, Kai. Yeah, and they're like dressed up as farmers. And it's like, what is this? Yeah. And they're I, looking at me, they're just like, you, you you don't own a pair of overalls? And I'm like, No, I don't. Sorry. Interesting. Yeah.
1: Now, like Disneyland has it's a small world after world, it's a small world. Um, do they have like it's a Catholic world after all? Like any, any rides? There? No, no, no. So this like place that. has nothing to do with rides or
3: it it does actually, it has it's like a it's like a slide that goes down a hill and it's like the t- <laughs> seriously no it's it's I think at the time that I went it's the tallest slide on the east coast. And yeah. I don't really know how to describe it. I actually never went on it cuz I was like that just It's a t- homemade slide
0: of like literally just rubber pads nailed
1: together. <laughs> awesome. I think we're at finally at a place where the audio is really cool. Yeah. Um so keep doing what you're doing. Um, And uh, that's awesome. I've never been to Catholic family land. I'd love to go out. Obviously, I'm just joking around and uh, trying to be funny here and stuff like that. But that's awesome. So with Catholic family land, and then you ended up at Heart as Nails. How uh, how old were you when you ended up at
3: Heart as Nails, Ben? 22. 22 years old. I was there for two years, so 22 to 24.
1: And Victor, I also know because you and I have a relationship because I was your parish priest when you were – uh, just the, uh, literally, I think when you were 18 years old, uh, my first assignment was our Lady of the Lake in Verona, New Jersey, where I met you and met your family. And uh, thanks be to God, formed the, a bond with you and your family. Um, so I know that you did not go to Hard as Nail straight from high school. How old were you when you went from high school?
2: I think when I first I'm went, saying,
1: I mean, how old were you when you went, went into Hard as Nail?
2: Yeah, I think I was... I had just turned 20 a couple months before. So I, uh, I did a year... A year and a half of college. And then I went uh, my, the spring semester of my sophomore year.
1: What made you want to, um, in the middle of your college career, leave and go become a Catholic missionary?
2: Yeah, I think, um, as you know, like I had a big conversion when my, mo- my mom passed away. And like you, you really walked with me through that. And I met the ministry after that conversion. And uh, I think immediately after, it was like too soon. My, my dad asked that I stayed home. Um, I went to uh, an event. Shout
1: out to your mom and dad. Right. Shout out to your mom and dad. What's their names? Give them a proper shout out.
2: Dennis and Geraldine.
1: Amen DeSanza. God bless you. Rest and, in peace. <clears throat>
2: uh, I, I actually went to a Hardy's Nails event during one of the hurricanes, maybe Floyd, Katrina, one of those? Not Katrina. Hurricane Floyd.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think Floyd was in 99.
2: Whatever Is hurricane. it possible? Sandy? I'm not sure. It was Sandy. Okay. It was Sandy for sure. Yeah, Floyd was a ninety nine.
1: Yeah, Sandy
2: was two thousand twelve. It was uh yeah. So Sandy, not Katrina. What year were you it was born? Katrina. What, what year were you born? <laughs> ninety two. Okay. So uh, yeah, it was definitely Sandy, and uh, we ended up we got stuck. We were staying. We ended up staying for the weekend with the Hardin's Nails Missionaries. Um, Jessica was there already, and then they were like, "Oh, you would make a great missionary." And to me and Mikey, and we found out later they, they said that to a lot of people. But um, we were like, wow, they must really want us. Um, so we thought about it, prayed about it for a year, stayed in touch with Justin, and then finally got to go the next year.
1: Yeah, I remember that very well. I remember uh parents being uh your father, and then Mikey's parents being uh, you know, uh, a little nervous about sending you guys off. And uh uh it was very interesting, but thanks be to God. You you guys had a lot of support, a lot of people loved you, and they they sent you off. Uh, and I, I believe it's been a a very good experience for you. Uh, Nati, Nati Perez, uh, where are you from?
4: I am, so I was born in the Dominican Republic. We moved here when I was six and I've lived in Perth Amboy, New Jersey since then.
1: Perth Amboy, New Jersey. Now, (laughs) did you go straight to Hard as Nails right after high school?
4: No, so I was actually 24. I was the oldest on my team. Um, Did they treat you that
1: way? I did they give you your proper respect for being the oldest? Oh, Yeah. They did. did. All right, no doubt. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But now, unlike... Now, my understanding is that Victor and Jess, who is one engaged couple here... So I have two engaged couples, Victor and Jess, and then Ben and Nati. Uh, Victor and Jess were missionaries at the same exact time. Is that correct?
2: Yes, that's correct.
1: Okay. Now, Nati and Ben, though, both hard as nails missionaries, but not at the same time.
4: Right. So I was a missionary 2014 to 15, and Ben... 2017 to 2019. So he was a missionary for two years. I was only a missionary for one.
1: Okay, got it. Got it. Now, it's not like you guys go to Hard as Nails and you meet each other and you just like kind of start dating, right? There's kind of like uh, an interesting um, dating policy uh, being a Hard as Nails missionary. Can anybody give the audience some light on that?
3: Uh, so the dating policy is obviously you can't date when you're there. And if you want to date a fellow missionary, uh, you do have to take a dating fast after um, after you served your time. Um, what and, is
1: a dating fast to those who have no idea what you're talking about?
3: Uh, it's, it, it's just that it's a fast from dating. It's working on other elements of your life. Um, you know, your own personal relationship with God and others, you know, before you are in a more, or, or at least seeking an intimate relationship with, with somebody else in that way.
1: Now, why would there not be allowed, uh, any dating while actually a missionary?
3: Um, it would be a total chaotic disaster um, <laughs> just because you know the, you you are ministering to people, to 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 youth and young adults, um mostly people your age. So you know, you're going out and dealing with that, and then you come back together as a team. There's kind of a it kind of does stuff to you emotionally. You know, it forms you, and you're you're kind of walking that journey together with with missionaries around you, and it can, I guess the the relationship that that you, if it were allowed, the relationship that you would have would be kind of formed on something that's temporary, if that makes sense. Being a missionary is a temporary calling. It's not like you want the, a, a they, want the they want your full focus. They want full focus. You're not focus. there for a long time. You're not there for. And a you're long there for a specific purpose. For a very specific purpose, exactly.
1: Yeah, yeah I get it. No, I, I'm not asking because I disagree. I, I definitely do oh, agree, yeah. but just you know, for an explanation of of what that's about, and I think, yeah. So, but I, I mean, look, let's just be honest with each other, right? Men, women, boys, girls, okay, adults, young adults you know, that's got to be tough. I mean, especially, you know, I mean, finding a a person of the opposite sex attractive is a very, very natural thing, right? So what is that like? You know, what's that struggle like? I mean, you know, without giving any personal things away about any anybody else, but like, is it tough to be a missionary and to have to fast from, from dating? Because you're not, you're not becoming a priest. You're not becoming a nun, right? Most people are used to this concept of, of chastity or celibacy within, you know, for people that are becoming priests or seminarians, but not too many people are familiar with the concept of just lay people uh, being asked to, to, to give up dating for a little while. So, what What's that like, pros or cons or personal experience?
2: yeah, I think I saw that like a lot more like when when we were missionaries, Jessica and I, it was like we were all like brothers and sisters, and it was it was a cool, unique bond. but I went back after I graduated college and I was like kind of a missionary manager, so I was on the staff, but I was also living the missionary lifestyle, and I saw it more so that year, how it really affects people. I think the greatest challenge with it though, is your Going there and you're telling everyone your whole story. You're really opening up, telling everyone your past wounds and how God has healed you from them, right? And that's a deep emotional level. So naturally, you're going to feel, you know, emotional connections to other people who you're, you're pouring your heart out to, who's hearing like deep intricacies of your, your heart, All right? So the emotional connection um, that a lot of people don't get, not in a ministry setting, naturally Draws people to to people there. and then you 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 have to remember why you're there right? and you you're there for your service um you're not there to find a wife or a husband um you're, the whole purpose of going there is to find is to for your service yeah
1: and to serve others and to help them uh, have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And as we know, Jesus Christ is not against dating or anything like that, but he has encouraged fasting in one form or another. And fasting is not just a fasting of food or a fasting of a drink. There could be fasting in many different areas of our life. And sometimes, whatever, depending on the season of life that we're in, we, we might we might be called to fast from, from dating or to fast from uh, social media or to fast from, you know, I don't know, movies or something like that but you know i think it definitely helps the mission um so go go
3: if i could say one thing please do because nati and i were talking about that on the car ride over um you know just to to backtrack a little bit we weren't on the same same team and it's funny because the when i first met nati i don't remember that exact time when i did it was at a parish near her house at the time. And I don't really remember meeting her that day, but she's like, no, that's when I met you. And we'll go back and forth. They're like, I thought I met you here anyway. Um, but when we reconnected after I was a missionary, we reconnected through Victor through, um, you know, mutual social things that we do, you know, when he lived over in Jersey city. And it was soon after I was a missionary that I connected with Nati at Victor's house and, you know, definitely felt some sparks fly, but I knew that I wasn't ready. I mean, I, I was, two or three months out of being a missionary. And I knew, like, I, you know, dating facts or not, rule, whatever, I know that I'm not ready. And I kind of, you know, even though we, we did talk, we exchanged phone numbers, I was very uh, kind of cautious with that. And then it wasn't until about a year later that I had seen Nati again at Victor's house and I was passing through visiting that I kind of realized, oh, wait, I am ready. Now let me make a move.
1: Yeah, that's beautiful. So it wasn't it wasn't like any uh, forcing uh, on you or upon you that um, you ended up, I mean, yeah, obviously to be a missionary at that time, there's certain rules and there's a structure to it or whatever, but um, you ended up realizing on your own that you're still not ready. And that reminds me of something that I was going through <clears throat> back when I was just uh, tw- uh, 21, 22 years old, uh, when I wanted to start living my life for Christ again. Uh, up until you know, I was back and forth for years, back and forth for years, and I always had to like be, like try to have a girlfriend or try to date somebody or something. Like, was, and I remember people would say, "Like, why can't you just, like, why can't you just take a break and just spend some time on your your relationship with God and your relationship with yourself?" And I couldn't fathom that. And finally, in April two thousand four, I was at a Hard as Nails training event weekend, and. I I just, I don't know what it was, but there was this grace that said, all right, Lord, like I'm done. I'm done doing things my way. And I I actually said this, and this might sound corny, but I said, all right, God, for right now, for however long you see fit, you'll be my girlfriend. Like that, I know that sounds so weird, but that's just how I put it as a 22-year-old kid that didn't know anything about this. And what I meant by that is I'm going to focus on my relationship with you and you alone, and I'm not going to be distracted because there's obviously things that need healing in my life and a lot of growth in my life. So um, I put myself on, on a fast because I know that I kept getting distracted and pulled in opposite directions when I was constantly, you know, trying to date. Now, let's just talk about something dating in general as a catholic it doesn't even have to be personal to your own story but you know i mean we we grew up in a very secular world and you know i can't i won't speak for, for anybody else for myself but growing up like everything was just about once you hit that age of puberty once you pass that age of puberty everything is just about at least for a man i could only speak for a man from where i grew up it was about getting a girl getting a girl and every all the videos the music videos and the tv was just like you know the the purpose of life was really to to just try to get with as many women as possible. And, you know, yeah, one day you'll get married, but, sh- you know, be the man, try to have sex. And, like, the more, you know, women that you had sex with, the, the better it was, the more that you were the man. Like, and I don't want to try to demonize a certain type of music or whatever, but, like, you know, for me, I was constantly listening to hip-hop in the 90s and watching MTV and HBO, and it was just in your face, constant, 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 time after time. So... When I was starting to get into my faith a couple years later, I was challenged by my priest to just, like, to just be friends with women. Like, yeah, be friends with them. And yeah, sure, go out and just but be a friend. Like, don't focus so much on, like, the physical thing right here and now. And then they started to talk about all these things of chastity, which I didn't even know what they were talking about because nobody gave me that talk when I was growing up. So... It was, like, literally foreign to me, though. Like, when, I, when, when anyone in the church, in particular my pastor, started talking to me about, like, this, like, chase the friendship of having a friend, friend with the opposite sex, but, but for it to not be this just, like, this physical thing or where you just use each other or whatever, like, but you're, you're just kind of courting. And somebody started talking to me about courting. I was like, what are you talking? What does that even mean? You know what I mean? The only time I ever heard the word court in a sentence was basketball court. So I you talking about courting, dating, courting. Like, it was kind of overwhelming, you know? But I was like, okay, well, I guess, you know, and obviously I started asking a lot of questions, but, I mean, in however you grew up, was that also, did you have, like, the same experience or did you know from, like, a young kid that, like, for Catholic Christians, sexuality is something different? It's something very sacred. It's uh, certain things are meant for only, like, in marriage and all that type of stuff? Or did did you know? Or did were you also tainted by this culture? One of the women, because the guys spoke last time.
4: Okay, so I uh, grew up going to Catholic school. So in that sense, I did learn about like saving sex for marriage. But a lot like you were saying, nobody really... Or at least I don't remember, especially at that age. Like, who knows, prior to high school. Like, I don't remember... Ever having that conversation of like, this is what chastity means. And this is what it would be like to be in a chaste relationship. Um, I don't remember having those conversations. And I honestly, the first time that my parents, my parents, I grew up in my dad's a deacon, my mom founded her own missionary group. And I grew up in a very Catholic home, but they never sat down and had the chastity or like safe sex for marriage conversation with, any of us. But when I was leaving for college, I was um, dorming. And my dad was the one that kind of said, you know, like, we're so proud of you. Um, And basically, in his own words, just said, like, remember to save sex for marriage, but like, it wasn't a real conversation, you know. And that was the most that I ever got. And so for me, I think the education came more when I was in college and through my sister, like she started inviting me to these, uh, cha- to this chastity group in the Bronx, Corazon Puro, which means pure heart. That sounds like a great dish. <laughs> Corazon Puro? <laughs> yeah, so it means pure heart. And they're all about uh, chastity and giving you practical tools and different um got a greater understanding about what chastity is and like, what does it mean to be called to chastity at every stage in your life? Because as a married person, like you're called to live out this virtue of chastity, right, within the sacrament of marriage. And then when you're single, you're also called to live it as a single person. And then if you're a priest or a sister, like you're also called to live it. So what it means to practice chastity in every, um, I guess, aspect of your life or like your calling and things like that. And so that's really when I started to learn a bit about it. And then I had during that time as well, like while I was in college, I was, I really strayed from my faith and didn't practice chastity. And after that, then it was kind of finding my way back to the faith and trying to learn everything from the beginning. And a big part of that was chastity, because like you said, we live in a very, secular world and I remember someone from Corazón Puro had given me this book called uh, Christian Courtship and is that what I think it's like Christian courtship in an oversexed world or something like that I think I read like half of it I didn't finish it but it was really good because it's talking about these struggles that you have as a Christian trying to live out these virtues in a world that is the total opposite
1: yeah yeah and Thank you for sharing that. And you said something that I, I, I want to address briefly because I think most people, when they hear the word chastity, uh, they would think of something like, that. it's like a negative of like a not doing something. Right. But you said something that might have made certain people be like, wait, what does she just say? Because you talked even about chastity within marriage. And yeah. most people think that chastity just means not doing anything mm-hmm. sexually. And that's not necessarily the case. Chastity is a proper ordering of our sexual desire chastity does not mean not having sexual desire chastity doesn't mean not acting on sexual desire chastity means a proper ordering am i right on that or am i like completely totally off on this like yes, priests are called to a chaste celibacy. So I am called to something of of to not do something right. I'm not married, and therefore I'm not going to engage in sexual acts. Okay, so it is it's not just chastity and it's not just celibacy. It's chaste celibacy. But a married couple, they are still called to a chaste marriage because there is a proper ordering of the sexual desire within marriage. Um, lust is more of like that that kind of negative thing that, that tainted the, tw- that lust is, is a twisted, tainted, distorted sexual desire. Sexual desire in and of itself is a good, holy, pure thing. It has been twisted and tainted by sin, but, and that's what we would call lust, but lust and chastity are not the same. So, sorry, a little bit of the TOB teacher and explainer, uh, got into me in that. Jess, any two so th- uh, any thoughts on uh, or anything to add on about what Nati said or, you know, how this the culture affected you and maybe it changed when you had a conversion or whatever?
0: Yeah, I think um, I was kind of like trying to think about like my experience when Nati was talking as well. And I think for me, um, like God just always kind of protected me in a way because I don't think I would have come back, I guess, if I would have gone down that road. So, like, my mom was always very open with me about conversations and always kind of prepared me for puberty and things like that. And even though um, my parents didn't, like, they didn't have any, they didn't really have any practice any faith when they were dating. My mom always told me to save sex for marriage. Um, Like, I can think back to my first boyfriend when I was a freshman in high school and I lied to my mom to go hang out with him. And he tried to kiss me, and I literally freaked out. Like my stomach was in knots. Like I was having a panic attack. I was freaking out, and I literally broke up with him. And I went home. Um.
1: <laughs> Hold on, I had to remove some, so. Wow, So you broke up with him because he tried to kiss you?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like all of my friends were like super engaged in like sexual activity since they were in eighth grade, but really? it's just never something that I like found appealing, or another not something that I found like it like made them feel better. I guess. And it's not
1: that your parents or your mom, like, talked about it. Don't let me put words in your mouth. But she didn't, like, talk about it in, like, a negative way that you were, like, ew, he tried to kiss me. But it seems from what you're saying that she explained it in a way that you're, like, no, this is something that should be, you know, uh, more sacred, more saved or whatever
0: yeah more valued so i mean i definitely got like flack from my friends for being kind of like i guess like the oddball out like i wasn't really at 14 yeah i wasn't like super interested in dating um i think like i was very innocent still like my innocence was very much so protected versus my friends who like um they watched a lot of mtv things like that um so so, i mean it kind of sounds like
1: your parents did a pretty good job you know nobody's perfect no and that's not to say anybody's. <laughs> else's parents didn't that's not to say that we all have our own stories and how we get affected by the culture or whatever but like you know often when we hear that we think like oh my gosh what a weirdo but like no like hey i wish and then my parents are great parents and they just didn't know but like i wish i knew about that stuff i wish i was given you know a, a talk and i mean look it could be debated on yeah, and I'm sure it is. There's nothing fine, like, you know, where, you know, everybody, you know, Christopher West gets these questions. Well, what's the line, you know? Like, is kissing okay? Some people say kissing. Oh, yeah, absolutely, kissing is fine. Some people say, no, well, you know, you should only kiss on the cheek or the forehead. The but not Like, I don't know any of that. I don't want to get into that debate. If you guys want to talk about that, that's fine or whatever. Obviously, it gets in into the heart, but I'm uh, interested because I think a big thing that, that people struggle with is like, okay, um, how do I live this Catholic Christian life? And I find my, my, my boyfriend, my girlfriend, I find my uh, fiance very attractive. Obviously I'm a person that has desire, right? But yet you're striving together for holiness. So, you know, I just wanted to kind of get in general, like a background because yeah, we believe as Catholic Christians that sex is meant for marriage All right, that we literally believe that so much that we call it the marital act, like the marital act, because it is inherently a marital thing, because you're saying within that act, I give myself to you completely, totally free, faithful, fruitful, total. I give everything and that our bodies expresses our soul, our bodies express our heart. I did not know that growing up when I was listening to salt and pepper. And they're like, let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. You know, like I that wasn't it. I didn't realize that it was this beautiful, sacred life-giving of complete gift of self. There's no more intimate thing that a human being can do ever than, you know, receive the Eucharist. And that's a whole other story. But, you know, so that's why. Why is it something that's saved? So <sighs> excuse me. So, I mean, I'm sure that you probably, you know, got talks about this in Heart as Nails. And um, was that like different topics, the, chast- the chastity thing, while in, uh, you know, uh, Heart as Nails missionary stuff?
3: Yeah, it was always. I mean, but it was it was more framed as as like boundaries. Like it was almost like chastity itself was kind of an understood topic. You know, maybe specific questions more about what you were talking about. Chastity within the vocation, within marriage, yes, that would come up. But it was always boundaries and i think that's important in any dating relationship because just like you said you're gonna sit there and and think that oh well i I, i'm dating this person and but because i believe in chastity therefore nothing's gonna happen and i'm never gonna cross that line whatever it is like you just sit there and think about it uh, you're just kidding yourself you're playing yourself so if you practice good boundaries you can you know, get yourself out of those situations that are inevitably going to happen. Um, so I believe that I've done that with, with Nati as best to the best of our ability. Certainly we've learned many, many things on the way. Um, but yeah, it's just like, hey, instead of just sitting here in a room trying to resist, why don't we just leave and go do something else? Either go back to our own homes or go do something in public where it's not just the two of us or whatever. Wow, thanks for sharing. You shared about that before I even asked about it. I'm glad you did that. So I didn't have to be like,
1: (laughs) how is it personal to you? Because I realized, as and I am his holy mess uh, without a plan, I realized like I didn't even ask like you guys, like, hey, so like, when did you start to like each other? How did you end up dating? We're just like, so how are you guys being chased? How are you doing with that? Right, right. (laughs) Well, that's not really where I went because I, I was talking about chastity in general. Um, and that was for a specific reason. Uh, and we will get back to that, but no, thanks for, thanks for sharing that. Um, do you want to just say anything about that, about your own personal experience since we're on that topic?
0: Oh, I would say it's very difficult. I think, um, I was actually having this conversation with Nathie, um, last week that it's been kind of a little frustrating. I think, um, like going to like confession and just trying to get guidance on it. Um, because I don't, I think it's something that's like not talked about enough because like from the church's standpoint, it feels like you just get told like don't have sex, right? Um, But like as you, like a lot of our conversations have been, especially for me, as we're like talking about our bank accounts, like talking about combining our lives together, it's been like more and more difficult because it's kind of confusing Um, because it's almost like you're giving everything to this person. But… You're not at the same yeah, time, yeah. so it it has been a little bit confusing for me um and it's been something that's been like a great it's been a, like a a big conversation point for us um, just because it is difficult, it's very hard to do. um like confession is very important um but I think i would i wish at least from my standpoint that we got a lot more guidance on that from the church.
1: Interesting. Thank you for sharing that. So do you you do feel like there's not enough from the church that it's more of like a, Hey, don't do this, but not enough guidance on like, you know, like how do we, how do we navigate through this together?
0: Yeah, both. Because I think, um, like anytime I've asked for feedback and confession, I get like, Oh, well you're young that happens. And then we just move on. And it's like, I'd actually like some feedback or I'd like, you know, some like points of motivation or points of guidance on how to navigate that and i don't I honestly don't feel like I've ever gotten that um so it's kind of and I've had a, a actually conversation with my um one of my best friends. they're also saving sex for marriage, and they've also been very frustrated by this. They just hit their one year mark um so yeah i don't I don't know how you guys feel about that, but I don't feel like i've we've received much guidance
1: any victor, any thoughts before I say something
2: yeah, i think i I just go back to like things that are challenging, things that are like hard to do are always going to be worth it. And like I keep that in the back of my head because like it's it's not going to be easy. And like Jessica said, like you're giving yourself fully to this person. You know like you're going to marry them. You're having conversations about what your life looks like, how many kids you want. And then it's like this like the last thing to fully give yourself to someone. Um, but I think I what helps me is like it's going to be worth it to wait. And I think I always think of… Um, like all the couples that I know that have safe sex till marriage, and you know you know a tree by its fruit, and all those marriages are are rocking. They're they're fruitful. They're they're joy filled people. They have happy families, and their kids are all stars. And uh, I think just remembering those families, and that that being something I desire, helps me to to continue to wait.
1: <laughs> yeah. No. Th- thanks. For sh- thanks for sharing that. I mean. I did obviously one of my earlier episodes was um, with Christopher West, uh, you know, and on uh, the name of the episode was God, God, sex, and our holy mess on the theology of the body. And obviously, the theology of the body is like a, a huge resource, um, you know. And there's many different, um, you know, a lot of resources out there that can help out young adults and how, you know, I obviously John Paul II's theology of the body. I would say is number one, but then there's a lot of different authors and, and, you know, like Christopher West or, uh, Jason and Christina Crystalina Everett, um, and, uh, stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, I mean, but thanks for being honest that it is a struggle, like striving for it, but nobody's perfect. You know what I mean? But, but why wait, right? Why wait? Because it is the, 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 the renewal as we would say, um, as Christopher would say in the theology of the body that the 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 sexual act the consummation of the marriage is the renewal of wedding vows so why wait right well if 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 the sexual act is a renewal of wedding vows then <laughs> to do it ahead of time is saying i give myself to you completely totally faithfully fruitfully but you actually had didn't you know what i mean it's it's saint john paul ii in the theology of the body says it's um Uh, of being a false prophet with the language of the body that the body speaks a language and what are we do with our body expresses our hearts and our souls so if it's a renewal of wedding vows so when when you guys are on the altar you guys may 13th you guys june 17th um you're going to express these words like, "I give myself to you freely, totally, faithfully, fruitfully." A free, total, faithful, fruitful love. That's what you're saying with your words. But then you were going to express those very same things with the language of your body. I, I give myself to you freely, totally, faithfully, fruitfully, and that is a renewal. That's the consummation. So to do it ahead of time is not that sacred covenant. It's not. It's not this sacred commitment it's 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 being a false prophet, it's like somebody who wants to become a priest uh or maybe they're in a seminary and they you know they really want to become a priest so bad, um uh, but they're not a priest yet, and they like but they like sneak into a sacristy, they put on the alb, they put on the chasuble, they go and like they say the words of the mass, but it's they look like a priest, they sound like a priest, but it's not valid it's not the real thing, you know what I mean now obviously this is an analogy, but it is an analogy of 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 how it is so um so i think that we have to address that because anybody that's going to hear about a podcast episode about couples dating i'm sure you're already thinking like oh i wonder what they're going to be saying about this stuff and this we got to be real this is a real podcast this is real deal this is what people are dealing with and sexual immorality is so insane out there and sex and porn is poured uh, um is, is pushing everybody's face, these ads that keep popping up. It's driving me crazy. But I want you, the listeners, to know that there are people out there who are not perfect that are striving, striving to live chaste lives, that are not giving into this. Not that you're not giving in in terms of like never, of always being perfect, but like not buying the lie that our culture is selling us on sex. And it's so confused about sex that we don't even know the difference between a man and a woman anymore. I mean, it's freaking ridiculous. But why don't we just get back to dating for a second? So. <laughs> okay. Now that we talked about that in general and pointed to you, let's go back to how I know how you all met. It was via Hard as Nails and stuff like that. But how did you know? Like, what made you want to date each other? Let's uh, start with um, Jess and Victor first.
2: Um, it's actually, I love this telling story, but, uh, I was like, I always like go through like phases and like my phase at the time was like healthy communication. I want to, I want to meet someone who like I could have successful confrontation with. That's what it was. Successful confrontation. And Jessica was in South Africa at the time doing an internship. And again, like we had been like best friends for eight years. Like talked probably
3: once, twice a week for eight years, like forever. And just to go back to practicing chastity within our, our relationships, just to give you and the listeners some, uh, some context, both of these couples started out as long distance. So I lived in Maryland and Nati was in Jersey. Jessica was in Indiana and Victor was in Jersey. So initially there was a whole lot that we didn't necessarily have to deal with because it would be a weekend trip and typically it would be packed. It was easier just because we weren't with each other all the time. Now that I live here, it's like, wait, it's Wednesday night and we can hang out. Like, this is weird. So it was just a whole different set of, of kind of, yeah, boundaries that we, or, or situations that we had never been in, just hanging out on a random weeknight. Um, so that, that was different for us, for sure.
1: Do you want to speak to that? Thanks for sharing that. Victor, Jess, anything about long distance relationship and all that?
0: I think the difference between distance... Was we knew we only had to get through two or th- two nights, exactly, two in three days. So um, it was a lot easier, I think, to ho- hold back. And then now we have a lot more time on our hands. So um, yeah, I think that's been a big difference and a big adjustment. Um, and I think also just getting engaged too. I don't think I've never heard anybody talk about that. At least for me. Um, I've never had just like that commitment level and how different it is versus dating. Um, Because when you're dating, it's like, yes, you're talking about all these things. You're obviously dating with the intent to marry this person. But the difference becomes when you do make that commitment and you take that step forward with engagement, it just becomes, at least for, I think, the women, it becomes so much more emotional and um, like you're fully invested. It's just such a difference of like that commitment and. Um, instead of talking about all these things, you're actually making those plans and stepping towards those things. Because now we're not talking about my apartment, his apartment. We're talking about what is our apartment going to be like? Um, what is our family going to be like? What is our daily schedule going to be like? Um, and with all that comes just a lot more, I think, emotional intimacy, um, Ben, why are you shoving
3: the
1: microphone in Nathie's face? You clearly
3: oh, just want her to Just because Jessica said, oh, this might affect this. the women. And I was like, oh, right here next to me.
4: Actually, going to what you were saying, Jessica, after engagement and how there's another level of emotional intimacy. For me, I don't know how it was for you, but when we got engaged that same day, I felt this like closeness to Ben that I hadn't felt at all before. And obviously that was like the vulnerability and just like the commitment level. And I guess in a sense, like the security and knowing like, okay, this is what we've been working towards and it's finally happening and all that stuff. But for me, it was like, yeah, like I just think back to when we got engaged and like celebrating with my family and friends and just feeling this closeness to Ben that I hadn't felt before. And I think that that's a good point because then. Yeah, now it's like we're engaged. We know we're going to get married. So now here's like this other level of like difficulty when it comes to saving sex for marriage that we didn't have to deal with before that now it's like getting a little bit harder as well.
1: Yeah, and you know... I. Again, thank you so much for your honesty because these are real issues that people are dealing with. And you know what? Maybe the church, I, I want to be very careful what I say here because there are a lot, I was going to say maybe the church isn't doing enough. There are a lot of people dedicated to helping and guiding people just like you in this exact area. And I know that the Theology of the Body Institute for one uh, uh, is doing like unbelievable job and obviously probably like the the flagship book on this is like good news about sex and marriage that Christopher West wrote back in the year 2000 which has really helped me but you're right I mean there are going to be times when you run into somebody that's not going to give you good advice and we need to do a better job on that so maybe you're asking a priest about something in the confessional and he's saying something as stupid as "eh, well you know it always happens and you want real guidance so like we need to like you know like, come on priest get a life like we need to really help these people out here um, that are seeking real things but I, I do know something that helped me out tremendously in my early days was uh, the Christopher West's book, Good News About Sex and Marriage, because they're literally real questions from real people just like you guys. Uh, and, uh, you know, and since then, and then there's stuff also by a lot of women. And I know, uh, you know, Kristalina Everett, uh, Jason Everett's wife, has a, a lot of beautiful stuff about this. So there really is some really good stuff about this. I'll just say one thing is about that, that desire, right? It's not just about like getting through, but it's about taking that desire together, the two of you, right? Recognizing that that ultimate desire isn't just for the other, but is for a complete total union with love itself, which is God. So that energy doesn't have to be just something that's just like white knuckled, but channeled To love, like that beautiful um, story of Tobit, Tobit or Tobiah and Sarah. Tobit and Sarah on their wedding night, where he gets the guy. He says, "Come, my sister, my bride." Recognizing that she's she's first. Yes, she is his bride, but first she's his sister, and says, "Come, my sister, my bride. Let's pray to the Lord." And they 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 kneel down on their wedding night by their bed, and they say a prayer to the Lord. And Tobit says to the Lord, "You know, Lord, that I have not taken this sister of mine for lust, but for you know, for for marriage, for love, this and that." It's a beautiful example. I wish every uh, engaged couple married couple uh, uh, talked about this and you know, the Catholic church needs to re- do a real good job of, of Catholic marriage prep. But anyway, my, the ultimate thing is is that desire is ultimately for Complete, total union, and you also some of that desire is also fulfilled in the Eucharist because the Eucharist is also, as the Catechism says, a nuptial mystery, right? So that that ultimate desire is really like G.K. Chesterton said, every man that knocks on the door of a of a brothel of a whorehouse is really looking for God. Now you guys are not knocking at the door of uh, whorehouses, but like you're, <laughs> <laughs> you know what Thank I'm saying? You. But you're striving for marriage. You have desire, right? And so together, what can engaged couples do? If you're listening, you could together take that desire towards heaven, right? Opening that desire for the infinite to the infinite, okay? Opening that desire for love to love, capital L, God. Capital I, the infinite, meaning God. So uh, I don't know. I hope that's helpful in one way, shape, or form.
3: So Very helpful. Um, Something else practical that I think both these couples here is we know each other. So like we've been open with those conversations with each other. Like we've sat at this very table here and had those conversations of what have you guys done about this? And what have you guys done about this? And my best friend from home is getting married a month after me. And he and I have the same conversations of like, how are you doing it? How are you holding up? Like, are you going to make it till June? Are you going to make it till May? <laughs> like sometimes it's just, it's like that, you know, really it's that, that deep so yeah hey,
1: that's dude that's awesome and so i'm sure there's gonna be people that oh they, they shouldn't be talking about this get a life okay so like this <laughs> I, is like, i agree yeah exactly this is real i mean so anyway um and one thing that if i could just recommend it and i get no kickback i'm not on their staff but i'm telling you and i know it's a commitment financially and time-wise but a one of those week-long courses at the theology of the body institute it will change your freaking life um, Victor. So I know how you and Jess met, but like how did you end up even becoming a couple? Because we're not just here to just talk about chastity and all this stuff. Like we're here to also talk about um courting, dating as a as a young Catholic, young adult and and all that type of good stuff.
2: Yeah, it, it's so funny when we tell this story because um when I first walked into that church basement, Jessica's first words was like, ew. Like she she was like <laughs> repulsed because I had like these big earrings on i had like she audibly said ill i don't know did you say Ill?
0: no literally my first thought was i will never date him was oh like the first thing I saw because he came in with these big fake diamond earrings, <laughs> these like buckle jeans, like these god awful jeans, and this like weird butt jiggle. That but he what did. It, all what is the a butt time. jiggle? He just like it was like did I,
2: you I the way I he walked. You
0: mean? Yeah, but then he was just like, jiggle? He would like hike back his leg in this weird way. <laughs> See, exactly. <laughs> and it creaked me out, and he did it constantly. It was like he had to fart, but he knew he couldn't, so he was trying to jiggle it out without anybody knowing. Oh, (laughs) my gosh. That's awesome.
3: Dude,
1: what was up with those earrings? Like, was that like a character that you were playing that day? (laughs) I
2: I was going to Catholic Family Land and playing a character. (laughs) No, I was just getting out of high school. I, I was down the shore. I got my ears pierced. It was like, what, you did? My goodness gracious.
1: So, okay, so how did you go from like literally physically re- repulsing uh, her uh, <laughs> to, to now that you guys well, are I, engaged?
2: I, I figured out I had to stop doing the butt jiggle. Well, uh, yeah, know.
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> um, no, in all seriousness, like we were really, really good friends. And, and again, we talked at least one to two times a week for, for eight years. And people always speculate like, well… When are you guys are you dating yet, or when are you gonna be a couple, when's the wedding? And we were both always very adamant, like, "Oh no, we like really value our friendship. Like, we care about our friendship. We would never date." And um, you know, I I, I was kind of like on this kick of like, I wanted I wanted to engage in successful confrontation with people. I I was like recognizing people weren't good at confronting other people and saying, "Hey, like, when you did this, it hurt me." And I I was working on successful confrontation at the time, and Jessica was in. Cape Town, Africa, on a, like an internship, right? Yeah, she was on an internship there. And when she first got there, we were talking once a week still. And randomly one day she calls me. She goes, my bill's $400. My dad's going to kick my ass. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'm, that sucks. I'm sorry. And she's like, we can't talk until I get back. I was like, that's, that's really sad. But like, enjoy your time. And I I want to respect that boundary. I didn't want her to get another $400 phone bill. So I I didn't call her. I didn't talk to her. And one day she called me and she's like, why haven't you talked to me in a month? (laughs) Oh my gosh, are you kidding me? I'm like, well, you said your bill was $400 so I thought you couldn't talk anymore. And that actually, that led to a really, really healthy, good, like honest conversation. It was like the first time I was like, full heartedly like able to express how I felt and where I was coming from. But then I was able to listen and have her do the same. Um and then I was like wow that was really good. Like we had successful confrontation. How much did that
3: like, conversation cost? <laughs>
2: <laughs> you gotta you gotta ask her. That. But yeah. then uh she got home and she she visited and we continued like to talk and she visited and the, the trip itself was just it was just different. It felt like more more intimate than like we ever had been we felt i felt and she did too now that i know like more connected than we ever had and after that like continued to talk like normal and we had always said if we weren't married by 30 we we would get married and i was like okay i'm i'm 29 turning 30 next year i was like so we were on the phone one day and i was like hey i'm turning 30 pretty soon like we should probably go on our first date soon. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and, wow. Uh, and she agreed. And she, she flew out for another trip in, um, in November. And we went on our first date in Jersey City. Uh, can you
1: give the mic to Jess for a second? Jess, okay. But how did you get from being re- repulsed by the butt jiggle to <laughs> like this, this, this point? I want to hear from your perspective. Like, When did you know that, okay, there might be something here?
0: Yeah. So, um, one of my, my best friend had kind of challenged me. She was like, you know, you always talk about this guy and you always say that he's your person and that he's the first person you would call if something like bad happened, or he would be like the person that you would go to. And she was like, that sounds a lot more like a boyfriend or a husband than, you know, a friend. And, um, yeah, she just, she really kind of challenged me. And I think what kind of did it, she was like, well, can I date him? She asked me that because she was pushing me. And just to think, it wasn't like she was actually, you know. Um, and I said, no, like, he, he's off limits. And she's like, well, then you really need to think up and pray about that because um, this sounds like a lot more of a relationship. Um, and then one of my other friends, I had kind of started talking about it to her because I was sick of my other friend's opinion. Uh-huh. And she was like, well, you never really know. Like, either way, you're going to lose your friendship. So if you give it a chance and you date, right— you would lose the friendship and that's what I was afraid of if it didn't work out. Or if you find somebody else and you get married, you're not going to be able to be as close to him anyways because it'd be inappropriate. So she was like, either way, you could lose your friendship if you don't give it a try. So um, that was kind of the kicker for me. And then um, something had changed in him. He was just um, way more willing to be vulnerable and honest about like how he was feeling in situations and um, just a lot more genuine and wasn't so much Kind of denying if if he felt some certain way about something or um
1: what was that change in you bro
2: uh i think I think it was after my dad passed away. uh I think it was just a change of heart i think um it was age, it was maturity i i um just recognized I needed to like communicate better, but also to to Jessica's credit, like that's not like my natural inclination like it's a really it's a challenge for me to like communicate effectively. But she built up that trust over over those years of friendship. And I was I was comfortable like being completely vulnerable with her. Oh man, that's beautiful, dude.
1: Nati, Ben, what's up? How'd you guys, how'd you know? How'd you know, son? Thanks for sharing that, Vic and Jess.
4: Um, well, Ben knew before I did. He did. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it was a longer process for me. To even get to that point of, okay, I want to be in a relationship with you. Like, I was interested, but I think I don't even know kind of like where to start. Like, I was living, I was single, right? And I was living like, I enjoyed my single life. And like, the idea of like just being able to do whatever I want when I wanted, not that I was doing anything bad, but without having to consider another person, you know? And I was sort of dating someone before Ben and I got together that didn't work. And Ben asked me out on a date and I said, yes, things were going well. But then I was sort of always scared to take the next step. So it's like he was ready to be in a relationship, but I was kind of just like putting it off or like, oh, I'm not ready or not yet. And then when I finally told him that I was ready in October of 2020, then it took me six months of us being in a relationship to then really be vulnerable in that way and say, okay, I think I can actually see myself with this person long term. Meanwhile, for Ben, that was already like a thought process from before. And yeah, so for me, I was just always a little bit behind and it kind of took me longer than it did for Ben which i'm sure was very frustrating in the process <laughs> um but yeah so
1: what was-, was it well, when i was up for the 20th anniversary um there was like some story though about like your friends knew like and they were trying to like set something up together or something like that or when you came to visit that one time what was that story
3: so I had, I had asked Nati out and we had planned a day and then, you know, full circle, um, Victor's dad passed away and the wake was scheduled for that day. So I had already asked off work was coming up on a Friday to go to, to go to New Jersey, see Nati. But then of course things change. And we, you know, you know, we called and said, obviously this is like, we're there for Victor. Like this is completely on the back burner. Um, so I went up, and I went to the wake. But then afterwards, I I had actually lunch. It was lunch or dinner with Jessica and Nati. And I like I didn't know how much Jessica knew at the time. And like oh, and sure, Jessica, knows. she's like oh, I knew. But anyway, that was that was just always a a, a funny thing. And most people are like oh, how, like how did you get up to Jersey? And I was like I, I, I'm I'm here. I'm here. I'm here for Victor. But not realizing like the day had been you know, to get off work and make that drive was like on the books. So it was just an interesting scenario. And luckily I got to be there for Victor and then we had our first date probably three weeks later in, uh, in Philadelphia. It was our halfway meeting point at the time.
1: Sounds like Victor's dad was praying for uh, a lot of people, man. For uh, sure. Setting people up there from uh, the heavenly realm, dude. you change with you guys getting closer right after, uh, his funeral. And then, uh, uh, Ben and, uh, Nazi. So, uh, thanks Absolutely. Dennis.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Thanks Absolutely. Dennis. And I, I'm, uh, uh, not that I'm, I'm, I don't know. Bless is the right thing, but I, I'm a cemetery chaplain at Gate of Heaven Cemetery in East Hanover and both of Victor's uh, parents, um, are there. And, uh, so I often, um, see their, um, their tomb and say a prayer and, uh, it's Very interesting, so but I, I didn't realize that, that 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 story there. So, all right, so we praise uh Jerry and uh and Dennis from the heavenly realm setting these uh these sure. the, the these uh marriages up here. Sure. Um, anyway, sorry, I was going like that because I'm like, when you're on the phone, I, I get like distracted, I couldn't focus because I have like such ADHD, and um, yeah, <laughs> uh, all right, so listen, um. What call So, what? Like, all right. So, Catholic dating. Like, all right. So, I know you're engaged now, and and we've been going for a while. But like, what's different? What What do you guys do for fun? How? What is it like to be like a young adult Catholic and and to date? And you could even get into that into like the engaged thing too.
3: Uh, I think for, for Nati and myself, something that happened early on is we identify that we we've dated before, both Catholic and non Catholic people before. So we kind of like from the get-go understood the risk of, of, of date after being single. for So long, the risk of dating, but then also like the reward of dating that we're, we're desiring in somebody else. Like, here it is. Like, this is, you know, if I were to date you, this is what I'm hoping to get out of it. And this is what I'm hoping to put into it. And that conversation was held very early on because it's like, look, you live three hours away it's not worth doing a long distance relationship if we're not serious about it and serious about the expectations and the expectations have always been set. And if anything changes, we've always changed what the expectations are. Um, you know, even something simple as where would we live if we get married? It was, it was out of Jersey forever. It was Nazi it was like, I don't want to live in Jersey. Don't want to raise a family in Jersey. I'm out of here. The State area sucks. <laughs> and then as soon as we, you know, I was and you know, Took her down to Maryland. She wasn't super impressed. I don't understand why. It's a great state. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, as soon as we get engaged, I could like kind of see it in her eyes of like, she wants to stay here in Jersey. And then we had that conversation. It's like, do we, do we need to stay here? Do I need to move up here? Yes, I'd be more comfortable if you were up here. So that way, as I'm raising a family I'm closer to my family. Okay, I get that. And we changed. But that was always like, we weren't playing this guessing game. It was always, you know, very clear of, of you know what our, our our needs were and what we were you know willing to give,
1: what does it mean to be like a young Catholic couple? like what does your faith mean to you, and how do you practice it together now as a couple
4: so I was actually I had spiritual direction today, and this was actually something we were talking about because for me personally, it's been a bit of a struggle to like come together and like, this idea, for me, the idea of, like, praying together as a couple, the way I've always viewed it is, like, you're praying out loud together in the same space. And that, like, I'm not on that level Yeah, I don't know if I ever will be. To me, it kind of, like, not that it weirds me out, but I don't know. I guess, like, for me, prayer is more personal. And so I've always had this idea of prayer, of, like, us praying together in my mind. And as I was telling my spiritual director, he's like, you don't need to do that. Like, you can both just like sit in prayer, like read a scripture, do Lexio. The other day we actually um, used the hollow app and did like a guided meditation together. And I love that. So I think for me, it's been difficult. And it's something that we have talked about throughout our relationship. Like, how are we going to find practical ways that work for the both of us? Um, to incorporate more of our faith into our relationship. And honestly, it's been difficult. Like we haven't found one specific thing that works for us, but, and I think, yeah, it's kind of a to me, it feels like a journey still. Like we haven't figured that out yet, but we know, we both know that our faith is important to us and that it's something that we want to continue in our marriage. And we want to have like, I mean, I'm assuming that once we're married, like things are different, you know, like you're going to bed together, things like that. So you'll develop more of a routine. But I think for right now, it's still something that we're trying to work on. But we know it's something that we want and we know it's something that we want to instill in our children. So I think for me, like trying to develop these habits now so that then when that time does come, it's not like it doesn't feel like rocket science. Like, okay, how are we going to do this? Um, on top of like trying to be new parents or whatever yeah. the case is,
3: yeah, I would say that is like the foundation for us is we go to mass together and we go to confession together. you know that's the foundation and but then it's like I guess specifically looking for it, always be willing to explore other ways to help us grow in our faith, and um you know, f- faith is more than just sitting in prayer like that you you do have to kind of practice it, so to speak, so even something like this, like being willing to go on a podcast and be vulnerable. This is the second time we've had dinner with you, Father. You know, the four of us have, have sat here and had dinner. Like, that's part of the faith, too. And, like, being open about talking about whatever topics come up, like, that's, to me, that's, that's, that's living out the faith. My family did that all the time, of like, making sure that, like, the parish priest knows that he can come over to our house and have dinner, you know, anytime he wants to. And that was always a very normal thing for me. Like, my family was very good at welcoming them into the home you can come over whenever you want what about that in maryland
1: what what about when i crashed at your apartment that one day absolutely right same thing you know it's just
3: like being a willingness and knowing you know that's even my brother's a seminarian i I have a very like i believe that the married people of the church have a duty to like give rest to the priests you know everything they do to us like we have to make sure they're welcome like you know, they're not always surrounded by, you know, brother priests or, or people where they can kind of be themselves with. And we have to provide that for them.
1: Wow. All right. Cool, man. So I have my own room at your place. Is that what you're saying?
3: Sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can, you can take mine. I'll sleep on the couch whenever you want. <laughs> Are you, you guys
1: moving to Maryland? Is it, did no, I no, miss no, that? No,
3: no. We're staying here. Oh, just,
1: but you said you're welcome to Maryland anytime.
3: Oh, because I was saying my family, like my family who still lives oh, in Maryland. Oh, like so oh, so you you're get, saying
1: that I could go you there. You were in DC You're inviting w- me. You're inviting me to their house, not and, yours.
3: Well, you've been to <laughs> mine before, so that invite's always open. I'm just then, I'm, I'm adding something. Got like it. Like if if you're ever that in Maryland, one time when
1: we came to hang out but, and Nazi yeah. took a phone call in the other room for about an hour.
3: Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. 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 You, good memory. Huh? Wow. Yeah, we watched... talking to the florist. That's an important conversation.
1: <laughs> I know. What was that? How, when did you come back in? About three hours after the, the initial phone call. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what? How do you guys, how the two of you live your Catholic faith together, Victor and Jess? What's up? How do you live it? Come on, hurry up.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think. Uh, I think similarly to to Nazi's point, it's, it's a challenge because. We don't cohabitate, so we're striving to to live this life, but it's like we're in separate places. And obviously, easier now that uh, we are closer to each other. We're not in different states, but still, like during the week, we we don't see each other that often. Um, so, for us, I think what's been super super helpful keeping us focused on God is we do night prayer together, and uh, even on the phone before we we go to bed, and then. As Nati said, we we make it non negotiable that we go to confession once a month. Um, we go to confession together.
1: You go to church together too on Sundays. Yep.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: Awesome, man. Yeah. Sweetness, dude. What are some things that you want to do post marriage together, as a as a nice little Catholic family? Uh, what are some ways that you think that when you are habitating, uh, uh, cohabitating together? Uh, that can that you, that you can do, as Nadi was saying, you know, then before you know, you're know, you in the same room, in the same, you know, going to uh, bed together, so maybe you could have a routine. But do you ever think about that? Like, what are your, you know, I mean, and it doesn't have to be just about, like, the faith, but, you know, obviously, whatever.
0: Yeah, I think um, we have, like, a lot of things that we'd like to do together. We'll definitely continue to do night prayer, continue going to Mass and things like that um we went to um adoration during Advent as well they offered it at, at olL, which was a nice thing at night that we were able to make it to I think twice um so that was a really awesome thing but I think um for us we really enjoy working out together so this morning um like we always do partner workouts together on Saturdays and that's been an awesome way for us to have fun like we usually just end up joking around, but we also um, like do serious workouts which is really nice and um we like to cook together things like that that um that we can still have fun with and, and
1: we working out together i mean that does help i don't for me there's something about working out that leads me to prayer i don't know why i don't know if it's your experience or whatever but it it just it helps me pray better i you know so i don't know if that's what you were getting at in any which way shape or form but um uh, yeah, it's just good for the spirit. You know, the body uh, taking care of the body is good for the spirit because the body is the body is the temple <laughs> of the Holy Spirit. We're all getting tired here. <laughs> We're all yawning now. You know, the people that are listening are probably yawning. Uh, no, you know, Victor, what's up, dude?
2: No, I think back to your point. You said like, what's something different you want to do when you do get married? I think we talked about and we we took this from the Fatika household that after dinner to pray a rosary together as a family. Mm. Uh, and we saw, again, going back to, you know, a tree by its fruit, the, the families that do a daily rosary have a lot of joy. They have peace. They're not perfect, but they're able to overcome things when they come their way because they have that grace from, from our Blessed Mother. Why do you love Jesus? <laughs> I'm laughing because you're laughing. I love, I love Jesus because he changed my life. He did?
1: That's, he did. Jess, why do you love Jesus?
0: Oof, that's a good question. I feel like I have to think about it for a little bit. You
1: don't have much time.
0: oh, uh, I love God because I don't know. there's just like an and an, like an intimacy with God like you don't ever like have to worry about anything like you can like literally talk to him all the time like and he just like loves you unconditionally,
1: Ben, why do you like Jesus? Why do you love Jesus?
2: Um,
3: Why do you like Jesus? Everyone uh, else loves uh, Jesus, but you only like
2: Jesus. (laughs) I I love Jesus because I I,
3: I do believe that I see him every day and it's either something or typically it's someone. Um, Yeah, he's very evident. So it's just, I don't know. That's kind of the best answer I got.
1: Nazi, why do you love Jesus?
4: The answer is the same as Victor's because he changed my life. Mm, we're going to have
1: to get into why, the why of that, but uh, all right, cool. Yeah, me too. Same here. All right, but why do you, all right, why do you like the Catholic Church, though? Many people like Jesus, but they're, they they don't, don't necessarily like being Catholic. <laughs> why are you Catholic? I, I
2: hate the Catholic Church.
1: <laughs> Just kidding. Lord, have mercy on our souls.
2: Jesus, help us. Ch-
1: <laughs> What'd you put in the pie? Um, <laughs>
2: No, I, I, I don't hate the Catholic Church. I, I struggle with the people in the Catholic Church. But you can edit that out. I, sh- I, I struggle with you. Okay, perfect. So we're on the same page. Um, I, I'm Catholic because of, the, because of the Eucharist. Dude, unreal.
1: <laughs> Amazing. No, I'm serious, man. How old are you? 30. And you love the Catholic Church. I do. You're a part of it.
2: I'm a part of the Catholic Church. <laughs> yeah, I
1: know. But you're faithful to it.
2: I do my best to be.
1: Okay. All right. But you're a 30-year-old. That's very rare. Jess, why you?
0: I think the teachings are just um, rock solid in the Catholic Church. Yeah, I think, like, it's just, yeah, the teachings are bulletproof. Bulletproof? <laughs> hmm
3: Ben? I think it's a very good tactile guideline on how to follow Jesus and how to be faithful and how to love others.
1: Nazi?
4: I think for me it's the Eucharist. The saints, our lady, and (laughs) yeah, just like the fullness, the fullness of the faith, you know, but I think primarily the Eucharist, everything that I said, the Eucharist, the saints, our lady.
1: Amen. Listen, I'm encouraged by you guys. You guys really encourage and inspire my faith. Um, And uh, it's an honor to keep getting uh, invited to have dinner with you guys and to spend time with you guys. And uh, really, I mean, hard as nails, Uh, You know, I know it's not like the end-all be-all, but the fruit from Heart as Nails is freaking unbelievable and amazing. All right, before we go, there's anybody out there, maybe there's a couple listening to this together, maybe they're still single, any word of wisdom, any advice that you could give them, this is your last chance, you you all have to say at least one thing. Um, What are you going to say to a couple or to a single person that's out there that's uh, that's thinking about dating. That wants a date. That is already dating. What can you leave with them? With
2: yeah, I think for the the single person who's striving to live their faith. I think as you alluded to, I think a priest you said said that to you. But to be to be someone's friend first, and be their friend. And if you enjoy hanging out with them and enjoy hanging out with them in group settings, then then take that next step. But be someone's friend first, and then I think for people who are in, in a um faithful relationship, make sure, make sure you stay rooted in prayer. I think we uh when we got away from prayer, that's when we weren't communicating, and then that led to to disagreements, and we would always go back to prayer, and then that was like that would fix it right away. Really? Yeah. Dude. Especially it, in it the, is the lifeline during um during distance. Like obviously way harder. Your to personal prayer, you mean? No, just praying with each other.
1: Oh, got it, got yeah. it.
2: And being and, and leading each other back to God and being rooted in prayer.
0: Amen.
1: Amen. Jess, any two cents on this at all?
0: Yeah, I was actually gonna say prayer as well, but I think going to mass if you can every weekend together is very helpful as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think just if anything, just communication. I think um communicating about like what your expectations are, what your faith is, I think, you know, especially kind of I think coming from like a woman perspective if you value saving sex for marriage and, you know, um, I think communicating that very upfront when you're going on dates and you're getting to know someone so that they, it's, it's one of the most uncomfortable things you can do, but setting that expectation and that communication so that um, you don't put yourself in a situation to, you know, forego that or um, that things could um, kind of escalate. So I think um, just communicating that. Awesome. Thank you.
1: Ben, last two cents. Final thoughts, as Jerry Springer would say, I think.
3: Um, <laughs> uh, something Nati and I have done is, uh, you know, hang out with couples that we want to be like, and, like identify those. So we talk about. We are you like, saying you want to be like Victor? Well, yeah, they're a great couple, so it's like let's hang out with Victor and Jessica okay, more all right, because just checking we want we want to we want to. But even even couples who are older and maybe already have kids and already have families, it's like we're not afraid to say, "Hey, we we." really look up to you in this way you know like what advice do you have to give can we you know have dinner with you sit down just get to know you more and you know, pick up any tips to to carry into our marriage beautiful nati
4: um i think everyone has pretty much said it all but i think the expectations thing that jessica mentioned is important and just letting that be known early on, like what are you really looking for in your relationship and really uh, surrounding yourself with people who share the same values as you, whether they're single or they're married. I think it's important to have friendships that share the same faith, that share the same values. And like Ben was saying, um, not necessarily like mentor couples officially, but just people that you look up to that maybe have, Already been um, dating, or already engaged, or have already been married for some time that you can go to with questions or encouragement and things like that. I think is important.
1: Praise be Jesus Christ. You guys inspire me. Thanks for being here. Thanks for letting me be here in this humble abode of uh, your 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 humble abode. And uh, why don't we end in prayer? I'm going to pray that the Lord God continue to bless you in your engagement not only to the day of your wedding, but for your entire life now and forever. May almighty God bless you, keep you in his peace and save you from all snares and the wickedness of the evil one and guide you in his truth and love. The Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening. Check out the show notes. All right, and thank you for being a supporter, and we'll talk to you soon. God bless you, holy messes. Hang in there. Your life is worth living. Peace.